Great to have you along. Thanks for tuning in to The Lord of the Storm. I am your Bible reading friend, the affable Dan Parr, and we are working through our way through the New Testament one chapter at a time. Today, we are in Acts chapter 20. You can go ahead and turn there now in your favorite Bible. I will be reading from my easy-to-understand-and-read EUR version, available at Amazon.com. In today's chapter, Paul preaches someone to death. He's got some unusual traveling companions, and he's predicting some bad apples in the upcoming season. Let's pray and ask for the Lord to bless the reading of his word. Father, in chapters like today's, when we hear so many names and cities that are unfamiliar to us, it's easy to get distracted. Help us to hear what it is you are saying to us now. Open the word to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Acts 20. After the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and left for Macedonia. He went through that region and encouraged the believers with his preaching, and then he went to Greece. After three months there, the Jews plotted to harm him as he was about to sail for Syria. Because of this, he decided to return through Macedonia. He was accompanied to Asia by Sopater of Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus of Thessalonia, Gaius of Derbe, Timothy, and Tychius and Trophimus of Asia. These men went ahead and waited for us at Troas. We sailed away from Philippi after the unleavened bread festival and came to them at Troas in five days, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when the disciples were together to break bread, Paul talked with them with the intention of leaving the next day. He spoke on through midnight. There were many lights in the upper room where we were gathered together. A young man named Eutychus sat in the window and fell into a deep sleep. As Paul continued to speak on and on, Eutychus fell down from the third floor and died. Paul went down to him and took hold of him, and embracing him said, Don't be troubled, for he is still alive. Paul got up, broke bread, and ate with the believers. He continued to teach until daybreak, then departed. They brought the boy in alive and were greatly comforted. But we went ahead to the ship to sail to Essos, where we planned to meet up with Paul, who had decided to travel there by land. When he met us at Essos, we took him aboard the ship and sailed to Mytilene. Sailing from there, the next day we came across from Chios. The following day we reached Samos and stayed at Trogilium. And the next day we came to Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so he wouldn't have to spend time in Asia, for he was trying to hurry to be in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost if he could be. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the leaders of the church. When they came, he told them, You yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia how I lived while I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears, and with all the trials that came because of the Jews plotting against me, how I didn't shrink back from declaring to you anything that was helpful, teaching you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. Now I go bound by the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit showed me that in every city, prison and hard times wait for me. But these things don't matter, nor am I concerned about my own life, so that I can finish my race with joy and the mission I received from the Lord Jesus to fully testify to the good news of the grace of God. Now, I know that you all, who I've been preaching God's kingdom to, will not see me again. So I tell you today that I am clean from the blood of all men, because I didn't hold back from telling you all about God. So watch over yourselves and the church where you have been made leaders by the Holy Spirit to lead the Lord's people that God purchased with his own blood. For I know that after I leave, vicious wolves will enter in among you and destroy the flock. 
Men will come from your own group and speak incorrect things to draw disciples to themselves. So watch and remember that for three years, I didn't stop encouraging everyone night and day with tears in my eyes. Now, brothers, I leave you in God's hands and to the word of his grace, which is able to build up and give you the inheritance along with all those who are sanctified. I wasn't jealous of anyone's silver, gold, or clothing. You know that my own hands served all my needs and those who were with me. I led by example, that so working, you should help the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt down and prayed with him. They all wept and hugged Paul's neck and kissed him, full of sorrow mostly because of the words he had spoken that they wouldn't see him again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. All right, did you get all those names and cities? I hope so, because now there's a quiz. Just kidding. Well, I did my best on the pronunciation on all of those. You might hear it differently from somewhere else, but just know that the important thing is that my pronunciation is correct and all others are wrong. (laughs) Okay, well, Paul was on the move in this chapter, and it's easy for us to lose track of time when we're reading through it, but he actually spent a good deal of time in many of these cities. For example, he had been in Ephesus for two years, and you heard him say, that he's held back nothing from them. And I read that Paul had potentially been teaching them several hours a day, six days a week at the school of Tyrannus during this two-year period. So he had plenty of time to lay out all the scriptures he could for them to help them grow in their walk of faith. Another interesting thing I came across was in the names of his traveling companions. There was one named Aristarchus and another Secundus. But to us nowadays, names don't carry as much significance as they did then to that culture. But a name then often would tell you a lot about the person, their background and place in the world. The man named Aristarchus, his name is tied to aristocracy. So we know that it's very likely he came from wealthy parents, would have had a good education and place in society. He himself would now as an adult be considered upper class. Now, compare that to one of the other men, Secundus. Bible commentators have told us that his name was a very common name for a slave. It even sounds and means second. So he would have been far on the other side of the scale from the other man. Yet here we see them together, not as rich and poor, educated and uneducated, free and bound, but as brothers, equals. They were both traveling with Paul and had the same mission. Many believe it was to deliver an offering from the local Gentile churches to the church of predominantly Jewish believers in Jerusalem. So, whatever they were before Christ does not matter. Christ has leveled the playing field for all of us. We all come to him in the same way, recognizing that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And he takes us at whatever place in life we are at and makes us as equal sons and daughters of God. Yesterday, I heard a testimony from a young lady who had made some poor life choices, got on drugs, which led to her being kicked out of her home. She ended up becoming a stripper, which led to her becoming a prostitute. But God reached down to her and through a series of events, pulled her out of that life. And she became a Christian, went to school, and is now working on staff at a church ministering to those who need Jesus. And she works along with others on staff who never face those types of challenges, came from a loving Christian background, but still realize that they also were sinners in need of Jesus, just like her. Now they minister together for Jesus as equals. 
And that just shows the love, mercy, and goodness of the Lord. And I think that's a good note to end on for today. So let's pray. God, as we read through your word, you remind us of who we were, who we are, and who we are becoming. Continue to transform us and shape us even more into the likeness of Jesus. We know we all come from different backgrounds and life circumstances, but the common denominator we have is you. Instead of our differences, let us see what binds us together, and may that be seen by others too, who will be encouraged by what they see and will draw them into the kingdom. Work through us, we pray, in Jesus' name. That will wrap up today's edition, but we'll be back again before you know it. So until then, may God continue to watch over and guide you and fill you with his love today. Thanks for listening. God bless.